And then there've been other times where it's been direct. There was a time last year where our sacred geometry instructor, Nadi, she's also a crop circle enthusiast. So she was giving a couple of us a crop circle presentation. So we're just staring at these crop circles for you know like an hour which facilitates contact really easily if you want it and that night i had a dream where they came to me and they told me to watch crouching tiger hidden dragon the movie and if you remember that movie it's about a young girl on the path of mastery you got to accentuate the positive You're listening to Karen Swain, teacher of deliberate creation, accentuating the positive, showing you a way to a better life. Accentuating the positive, it's not just fad, it's sanity. Who in their right mind would accentuate anything else? Welcome to another show, Accentuating Positive with Karen Swain. Always beautiful to be with you all on this podcast show. Well, a bit of star family wisdom today with the gorgeous Jenna Layden. Welcome to the show, Jenna. Thank you, Karen. I'm excited to hear about your story. You're doing amazing things. And uh, I'm just going to say to people, well, I wasn't going to say it, but I'm going to say <laughs> subscribe. Will I say it? Nah, I won't say it. Let's get over the subscribe thing. People will subscribe if they want to subscribe. But uh, if you are watching the show and you have subscribed, check if you're still subscribed because I noticed quite a few people have unsubscribed lately and I wonder, is it you or is it the platform? Anyway, uh, you know, the magic platform. Let me tell you a little bit about Jenna and what we're going to talk about today. So Jenna Layden was a global vice president for Whole Foods Markets and a former atheist who experienced contact with supernatural souls who guided her during her spiritual awakening. Through those experiences, Jenna began remembering lives off earth and is now focused on her mission in this life to be a teacher of lost knowledge and wisdom from the stars. As an experiencer of supernatural phenomena and ET contact, Jenna has developed a passion for helping humans embrace a multidimensional reality without fear. Jenna has been initiated by the Four Winds Society and I'm not sure if I'm going to say all this right, the Kuro lineage. How do you say that, Jenna? Kero, the Kero lineage, yeah. Kero lineage of Peruvian shamanism is a certificate master energy medicine practitioner and has also been initiated into the ancient holy practices of Yeshua and the holy family of the Sri Kaleshwa and Sri Sai Baba divine lineage. <laughs> bit of a mouthful. We'll (laughs) we'll learn all about that. In early 2021, Jenna founded the Star Family Wisdom, a modern day mystery school and community. She is also a member of the Cherokee Nation in Oklahoma and is passionate advocate for the Indigenous communities and wisdom keepers who have been fierce protectors of humanity's original wisdom. Jenna has been leading teams and individuals through change and transformation for over 15 years. She's also got a podcast show, a couple actually, we're just talking about it, called Star Family Wisdom Podcast Show. 
on YouTube and Spotify, and you've just started Supernatural Souls podcast, which is on a separate channel, which is exploring that uh, Indian lineage and the Yeshua lineage, which I'd love you to sort of inform us about today. So it says you're a former atheist. <laughs> when did that change? What happened to change your mind? Yeah, a lot's changed since then, obviously. <laughs> so about, oh gosh, it was, I think about five or six years ago now, I was still at Whole Foods Market in my leadership positions. And I had a major supernatural experience happen. And, and it wasn't just one. It was a series of supernatural experiences that made me start to question everything about my reality and everything I had been told about what was possible and what was true. And, and I should say, you know, I, I really just categorized myself as atheist because I didn't know what I was. You know, I, I was so busy as a leader, as a, a young leader, you know, for so many years at Whole Foods Market. But I didn't really have time to explore our spiritual, you know, reality and, and what life is about and all of that. Although I always wondered, you know, like, what are we doing here? You know, like, what is this? And, and so I, I had this major quantum entanglement psychic experience with another person. I then, in meditation one day, had a spontaneous past life recall. I saw two past lives so fast, so instantaneously, and was able to very quickly understand what I was seeing, what life that was, who I was in that life, who those other people were, and how it related to this life, and what I was going through, and what I was trying to process. And that was one of those moments that just catapulted me further in researching and learning about my soul and questioning you know more about what's possible i then started seeing the future and experienced that future vision playing out and then one thing led to the next and i started receiving messages from somewhere that were helpful so all of this you know, it was happening in a, a really short period of time. And over the course of a year or two, while I was global vice president at Whole Foods Market, I spent every bit of free time I had starting to unravel this new version of reality that I was experiencing. And, and, and I started to, to experience guidance in these really extraordinary ways that ultimately led me to understanding I was experiencing some ET contact. So, so it was this very fast progression from being very closed off to spirituality, you know, closed off to my my higher, you know, consciousness and and my guidance to then very quickly, you know, very um, in a very profound way having so many more clues about how reality works, who I am, what I'm here to do. And it also started to help explain why I had moved up in, in the, the organization of Whole Foods as a young leader at a fast pace. So, so I'm no longer atheist. <laughs> I'm, I'm, now, I'm now very much um, committed you know, to this spiritual work, as you um, 
beautifully described in, in my bio. So it's, it's been a, an interesting, um, an interesting five or six years. <laughs> Couple of things. Why do you think you were an atheist to start with? Like what was the thought process? And what did you see in the past life regression? I'd love to know. <laughs> I'd love to know what you saw. Yeah, great questions. You know, I was raised by a family that was not spiritual. And my mother, although she was very open-minded, she taught me to be open-minded, which is what helped me as I started to have experiences. You know, I was always taught to be willing to change my mind when presented with new evidence, you know? And so, um, so she was atheist and de declared you know herself as an atheist so i think i just took that on as as a label for myself because that's what she was and i didn't have any connection to people in my life who were spiritual um so i didn't really know better <laughs> and then yeah. in the past life um recall this is not the only past the, the only couple of past lives i've seen i i sense you know, went on to do multiple regressions. I've, you know, gone deep in the shamanic training and, and in that work, we can access more memories. So, so I now have like a chronology of past lives I've accessed, but the first two were in relation to a person I had a relationship with and this relationship had ended and we were really in love and, and it was just really, you know, painful for both of us. And, and, and so I was asking questions, you know, about that. And you know, why was I experiencing such deep emotions and deep, just deep, you know, darkness, you know, around this experience and the past lives I saw were related to this person, the person I was partnered with. And the first one was around World War II. He was dressed in military garb and I was his wife he was and i knew all of this in a split second it's like it's like the whole story just unfolded you know yeah. immediately <laughs> and he was going to war he left for war i got left at home alone he died and never came home and and so i had this abandonment wound in that life that carried over mm -hmm. into this life which is why when we parted ways and he left it was it just cut so deep it was a, it was replaying a wound that had happened in a past life and the second vision i saw was of me as a young woman a young girl at the time and i don't know exactly when this would have been but it it felt kind of like the um american like civil war era uh -huh. just based on the the kind of one room building i was in and it was you know kind of a wooden kind of shack type of you know building and i was with a man this man was my father in this past life he was also dressed in what looked like civil war uniform and he was leaving to go to war and i was being left back at like the homestead and he never came back either oh. So, so there were two right there that immediately told me, wow, I, this is just a wound, you know, that was cracked open so that I could heal it. And, 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 and this is also not the only life I've had, you know, with this, this other person. Wow. Yeah. 
Yes, I, I can relate. So I remember when I broke up with my first husband, or even before that, I remember as a teenager watching my friend's uh, mother and father, and she had never worked, and she had to beg for every bit of money she ever got to, to shop. And I remember thinking as a teenager, I'm never going to be like that. I'm never going to be reliant on a man. I'm going to be independent. I want to make my own money. I don't want to be reliant on anybody. And then when I broke up with my first husband, I had this uncanny thought, you were supposed to look after me. Why didn't you look after me? You were supposed uh-huh. to look after me. So here's this independent young, because I'm still in my 20s, you know, woman thinking, I don't want anyone to look after me. And then, so there was that karmic thing yeah. going on like there was some past life thing happening but obviously it revealed a wound that you were still carrying over how did you transmute that how did you let it go so that's what led me to shamanic practice okay. so you know i had been engaged in um a lot of different you know spiritual things you know at that point meditating and um you know, dabbling in a lot of different aspects of practice. And, and, you know, I should say that when these supernatural experiences started to happen, and I started asking questions, all of a sudden, I would just stumble upon the right books, stumble upon the right information. I think a lot of people can relate to this. It's like, you ask the question, and all of a sudden, you just start getting guided to what you need to to connect with, you know, for your soul. And I got guided to the Caro lineage of um, shamanism in Peru and and Alberto Violdo leads the Four Winds Society. He's a master shaman and and spent decades training with these shamans who I think actually have preserved have have some of the most well preserved wisdom, um, shamanic wisdom on the planet. So. So, so I was very quickly guided to these practices and, and, and on the star family wisdom site, we've got some, you know, beginner stuff. If people are, you know, new to, to some of these practices and want to dip their toe in the water, um, some of the aspects of shamanic practice are so simple and so beautiful and, and in ceremony, you know, in sacred space, we can do work to rewire the brain, rewrite soul contracts, rewrite the story, you know, of what's happening. So the story, you know, my soul was carrying was that I always get abandoned, you know, and, and so my job was to rewrite that story that that's not the story in this lifetime, we're letting that go now. And so there were these aspects of shamanic practice that just helped me start to move through that. And and this lineage of shamanism also has some really advanced initiatory practices that um, you know activate you know someone's energy field to, to be able to you know heighten our psychic abilities, heighten our you know perception, and um, you know access you know these realms of the past and 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 go into this work more. So so I just went all the way. You know, as soon as I got connected with this this practice and and saw that yes this is working like this this has a real effect of transmutation and and i i'm transforming you know because of this 
you know, then it became really clear that I was just supposed to take it all the way and 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 utilize this technology. There's a, a, a medicine wheel technology. Many of the Native American tribes of North America also work with medicine wheels based on the four cardinal directions. The Incan civilization, their shamans utilized a very sophisticated medicine wheel technology. And when we when we utilize that, it it guides us through the process of letting go of what we need to let go of facing our fears facing you know death reconciling that you know finding the gifts of our soul finding the path for our soul and then ultimately getting to our destiny so so there's a really robust you know practice um within that lineage that ultimately helped me you know heal that wound and then and then, you know, what I started to experience through that practice was accessing every other wound, you know, that was that was there, all of the negative programming, like all of the stuff that, you know, was holding me back, that that, you know, gave me anxiety, all of the stuff that was painful that had been suppressed, you know, it helped me, it helped me find that and and transmute it. So that that's it's a powerful practice. Yeah, it's interesting that you went into the Eastern lineage to do that. Uh, when there are so many teachers in the Western lineage that do that. Well, I should I should clarify really quickly. This Caro lineage is um, of Peru, Peru, and it was after it was after going all the way with that lineage and and getting certified as a master um, shamanic energy medicine practitioner that then i went to the east and okay. found or got connected with um the the spiritual technologies that yeshua jesus christ used yeah yeah because down here in australia we're quite close to india and yeah. asia and uh, it's it's very big. Uh, it's very big, like the whole yeah. Eastern lineage down here. And I visited India with my husband at the time, who was a Hare Krishna. And uh, I, I made a decision when I came back that I wanted to expand that same wisdom and understanding within the Western mind that we didn't feel like we had to rely on those ancient Indian type yeah. practices or even shamanic practices to, you know, do what you did to let go of wounds and limiting ideas and conditioned thought forms that we're carrying. And uh, yeah, you know, like people like Joe Dispenza and lots of people, Bruce Lipton, lots of people are doing it in a, in a kind of very scientific quantum yeah. type healing way, but yeah, you can do it any way that works really anyway there, there are many paths yeah <laughs> many paths so how did the off world off planet lives introduce themselves to you was it during that shamanic path that that popped in yes it was kind of prior to that you know i had i had gotten you know so practiced in meditation that i you know i could sit just completely still with my mind turned off and 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 that's how i had you know accessed those first couple of past life memories and and it you know it started by receiving these messages and receiving these this guidance that was really clear like it was very clear this was not my consciousness 
and and it was very clear I was being given like instructions sometimes. And this actually ties to Australia. This is kind of a fun story. So I was in Australia um, up in Cairns uh, in 2019, at the end of 2019. And, and you know how when we're on the spiritual path, we're, you know, we're studying, we're reading all this stuff. And I, I had found my way to some UFO books and I had found my way to different past life regression case studies because I got interested in that after seeing the first past lives. So then I find these past life or, or I guess I should say UFO abduction regression case studies. So I found one of those books and I'm like fascinated by this, this concept. And all of a sudden I have, and I'm reading this, you know, before Australia, and then I take it to Australia with me to continue reading. But prior to Australia, I was reading this book. I start reading about someone having an ET contact experience and I just burst into tears. Like I had the biggest emotional release of my life. <laughs> and it was like, it was so startling. And I knew enough about the science of the mind at that point and how emotions get suppressed and all of that to recognize mm. like, uh-oh, <laughs> you know, so, something is trying to like come up. And, yeah. and I was like, oh God, have I been abducted? What it, what's happening here? What is this? So. But I was nervous. Yes, yeah, so I just kind of put that down and, you know, decided I would come back to that at some point. And meanwhile, I'm receiving these messages that are guiding me along this path, right? So I'm in Australia at the end of 2019. I'm by myself. I just wanted to do this trip by myself. I'd never been. Australia is so amazing. It's such a beautiful country. And so I'm up in Cairns and I'm, it's on New Year's and I'm doing some journaling about the next year. And I'm thinking, I'm starting to get this feeling like I'm supposed to leave Whole Foods at some point and do something with all of this that I'm learning, but I don't know what that is yet. And I'm I'm setting goals for the next year and I'm writing and I'm thinking and I'm thinking, am I supposed to leave Whole Foods in 2020? And all of a sudden I hear this message, no, your leadership will be needed there, stay. And I was like, okay. <laughs> a little you know caught off guard because at this point i i'm still carrying fear you know like i still have fear stuff that i'm needing to clear and get rid of and so so i'm i'm like open to this guidance but i don't know exactly where it's coming from and i'm a little nervous and so it was there was actually an what I learned was an, a contact experience that happened in Australia on my way back. I didn't know exactly what this was until I went through my first regression in 2020. So, so I'm boarding the plane um, in Cairns to come home and I pass out and, and I'm like in the aisle of the plane and I'm probably passed out for like an hour and the plane oh. doesn't get to leave. <laughs> yeah. It's like a big deal. You know, like everyone on the plane gets delayed. I'm so sorry for everyone who was on that plane. Uh, <laughs> and so, so, so I have this just major weird experience happen at the end of my trip in Australia. Well, fast forward to 2020 and I'm in meditation one day and all of a sudden I, I do, I have this 
what is like a flashback to myself as a mantis being. And I'm like, I'm in the, I'm in this body of this mantis being and the arms, you know, were like acting different than human arms. And it was just, it was very quick, you know, it was just kind of this blip, you know, in the meditation. And I'm like, what was that? And then there was one other thing that happened that ultimately got me to go through the regression where I then learned more about you know, the begin. I, I got some of the beginning information about these other lives I've had and these beings I'm connected with and who was sending those messages. So are you familiar with Bashar? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think like a lot of people know Bashar now. So, so this was at the beginning of 2020 after the Australia incident and I'm watching Daryl Anka's documentary, First Contact. And this, and, and this whole time, you know, since these experiences had started to happen, since the Australia trip, since that meditation, I'm just like questioning, you know, what is going on here? It's like more and more things are happening that are very different, you know, from what I had experienced all my life. And I'm watching Daryl Anka's movie, First Contact, and I'm a little skeptical of channeling back then. You know, I'm still trying to figure out, you know, what's real, what's not real, you know, and and I'm about halfway through the documentary and I think, uh, I don't know about this. I'm going to turn it off. I'm just going to, I'm just going to, I'm just going to move on. You know what? I don't, I don't have time for this, but I had, I'd ordered food for dinner that night for delivery to my house. As soon as I turned off the documentary within seconds, I get a pop-up on my phone that says your food has been delivered by Bashar. <laughs> <laughs> And I'm like, (laughs) like, what is going on? (laughs) I love that. Yeah, go on, go on, go on. So, so this whole time, like I'm open, but I'm also a little fearful and like, I just don't know what to make of all this stuff. And, and then that happens and I'm like, okay, Bashar, (laughs) like, are you, are you, are you contacting me? What's happening here? <laughs> so I finished watching the documentary and, you know, then I'm a believer and, you know, I'm, I'm like, I'm opening up more. And, and it was that moment that got me to do the regression because it made me laugh. You know, I realized, okay, I think I am having some aspect of contact. There's a lot of information that's starting to bubble up from inside of me, you know, from my soul. And it appears as though it's all benevolent, you know, it's like, it's nothing to be afraid of, I think. So, so I'm just going to go through with the regression and see what comes out. What came out? <laughs> well, came out of the regression? <laughs> I did a QHHT and, um, and, you know, in that process, you're usually guided to a couple of past lives first, and then the therapist will ask to speak directly to your subconscious or your higher self. And you can get, you know, some good answers to life questions and stuff. And so, so I had a list. Like, why am I here? (laughs) (laughs) Who has been sending me messages? (laughs) So I had this list of questions, you know, like, that I was excited to get answered. And, um, and so I saw a couple of earth past lives first, which were really interesting, one in Egypt and one in Greece. 
And then the therapist, you know, goes into the part where he's asking to talk directly to my subconscious. And by this point, you know, I'm pretty, pretty deep, you know, in the state of hypnosis. And, and he starts asking some of the questions about like what happened in Australia, you know, she had been reading about ETs and then this incident happened. You know, what were these messages about where were they coming from and we got a lot of answers that what was happening in that Australia incident was some form of contact. The messages I had been receiving were from benevolent beings that my soul has had bonds with in other lifetimes that I've been connected to. And that's what helped facilitate this kind of telepathic connection, you know, this in entanglement that we have. Mm-hmm. We got answers about the previous civilization I came from and and the fact that that was on a ship. And and so we're going through this series of questions and answers and and then all of a sudden the answers that were coming out of me started to change. So all of us so, so when you're in the QHHT style of regression and the therapist is talking to the subconscious the answers that are coming out are she or Jenna did X, Y, or Z, right? It's, it's like coming from mm-hmm. a different part of me. It's not my human personality responding. And so, so it's, you know, these, these answers coming from my subconscious, but then the answer switches to, we have always been watching and supporting mm-hmm. we blah, blah, blah. And, and all of a sudden this different consciousness took over and started to channel through me. Mm. And I share a little bit of this on the star family wisdom YouTube channel, because it, you know, it's important to me to be transparent in all of this and, um, and share openly if it's helpful for others. And, and so that was the beginning of starting to access more information, more specific information about those other lives. And then it was the shamanic practice of learning how to journey into the past and, um, and see, you know, these other, you know, aspects of myself and, and start to just, you know, gain a a bigger picture, I guess, of what my soul has done and and all of that. A broader perspective. So Did the we need to give themselves an identity or were you just okay with we? You know, the, the therapist did not ask for a specific identity, like, like a name or anything like that. But they did say um, that they were family. They were soul family. They, 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 (laughs) yep. Star family. Yeah. So they revealed that, like they revealed that, they they were not just like guides in the spirit realm you know they were souls that i am part of you know their family and and they happen to be on a ship and they have always been watching me in this lifetime because that was part of the contract in this lifetime that i would grow up to access you know more of this information access my multidimensionality and 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 be able to just help you know release some fear around these topics and ultimately i think you know be one of those people that's helping with us all getting closer to disclosure you know yeah and and helping others release the fear yeah. oh, okay so when you said that your last 
incarnation or encounter was on a ship. Uh, when you said, first said that, because we'd gone into the past lives, I was thinking, I, 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 you know, a ship on the ocean, but you were talking about <clears throat> a ship in the sky. Up there, yeah, yeah, in, the, yeah. in space. <laughs> yeah, a ship in space. And they've been overseeing all your lifetimes, right, the we. Yeah, apparently that that seems to be the case that the Earth lifetimes, um, especially, and I got clarity um, that the this we while they didn't specifically like give a name or anything like that, it was the mantis beings, and we know that the mantis beings are to some degree part of the hybridization stuff, you know, going on going on on earth they are connected to the hybrid races they're connected to bashar's race of beings um and are assisting overseeing you know some of the scientific and spiritual aspects of that work and so yeah it appears as though you know i'm connected to that that program i'm connected to the mantis beings and in my second regression I got to see them and and I was regressed by Barbara Lamb to a recurring dream I had as a child. And I had this on the list of questions for the first therapist, the first time I got regressed. But for some reason, he forgot to ask that one question. The time just wasn't right. I know that now. I was so not ready for what I was going to experience. And so when Barbara regressed me, this was this was last year, she regressed me and we went back to that recurring childhood dream. And I saw I saw I re experienced myself having contact with a mantis being and a few gray beings. Did you get a sense of the purpose like what you were intending what you were doing why you were in why you were given the memory of that contact Let, let's put it that way mm, yeah what what you know I think, significance does it have to you in this timeline and yeah this, yeah this good good question so this kind of ties to it's it's such an interesting connection to make the et topic yeshua's ancient holy practices but it kind of ties to what i've ended up doing with yeshua's ancient practices the dream i had as a child was of a red rose in space and i had this over and over for like two or three years and and so by going back to that night of the dream and seeing this contact and, and then also getting to witness myself on the ship with the mantis beings and have more of that experience integrate into my consciousness. It was one to release some of the trauma my human body, you know, and mind had been carrying around that childhood experience, you know, that would have been suppressed for over 30 years and so I needed to get that you know into my conscious awareness so that that was no longer a trauma that my human self was carrying two i needed to have a better understanding of the race you know i have been a part of and who the mantis beings are and and it gave me this opportunity to kind of commune with them three it helped explain 
the symbolism of the red rose. So the red rose was a screen memory for contact that had been occurring as a child. And then it was also symbolic. And ultimately there was this series of synchronicities after that regression that led me to this path of Mary Magdalene study. There's a lot of symbology around the red rose and Mary Magdalene and mother Mary and um, divinity. And, and so there was this wild series of synchronicities that led me to this Mary Magdalene path that then ultimately led me to connect with the information of this Indian saint, Sri Kaleshwar, who lived until 2012. He's no longer on the planet, but in his lifetime, he translated many of the ancient palm leaf manuscripts in India that hadn't been translated yet. And he found in them more evidence of Jesus's time in India and the ancient mantra and yantra systems that Jesus and a lot of other masters have used to activate their supernatural abilities and to to transcend. And so so there was this like incredible connection that happened from that, you know, dream and contact experience that was basically telling me what I would be doing, you know, what my ultimate path, you know, in this kind of spiritual evolution would be. Well, you've answered the question that I had on the tip of my tongue, which was great. Uh, you know, what's the um, relationship between the ancient shamanism, the Indian wisdom and the star family guidance? I think you've just you've just answered it, uh, that a lot of the wisdom teachings throughout the ages, okay, all of the wisdom teachers throughout the ages were inspired by our by the star family wisdom, yeah. <laughs> our star yeah. family, brothers and sisters overseeing the evolution yeah. of this world. And, yeah. uh, and so many of them, you know, depict that, you know, the Indigenous Australian First Nations and Australian talk about the star people, the Palladians and the Dogon tribe. And there's so many paintings of the star beings, yeah, uh, yeah from these ancient. And, of course, Krishna was a blue being, you know, Indian. <laughs> it was blue. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of connection between the stars and ancient knowledge and ancient wisdom. Totally. And it seems as though I, you know, I've been guided by star family to, you know, at least for my community, help connect the dots on, you know, these pockets of wisdom, pockets of technology. You know, I like to, you know, think of it as spiritual technology that if used the right way, really can activate, you know, these like heightened, you know, states of awareness, heightened supernatural abilities. And, and, and even though, you know, there are so many cultures on earth and so many spiritual practices and um, ways in which we can, you know, move towards enlightenment, there are a couple of pockets of really advanced technology we can engage as star seeds, as light workers, to go faster, you know, to to do this ascension and enlightenment work, and 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 I, you know, I can just say from you know the the process of saying yes to that and following through and engaging, you know, some of these practices. Wow, you know, like I had already had some supernatural experiences, but wow, like what's 
possible in terms of the peace and you know bliss we can experience and and the levels of you know higher intelligence connection that we can experience it's it's pretty incredible yeah pretty intense and incredible you know i always uh, just going back going back to bashar i've had daryl yeah. on the show <laughs> and i said to daryl when he was on the show I had a different conversation with him. We didn't actually talk a lot about Bashar. I wanted to talk about his movies that he makes because Daryl's oh, yeah. really passionate about making movies, one of which was that first contact that he made about his own story. You know, Zeta, what's the name of his film company? Not Zeta. Oh, I forget. Said. Anyway, yeah. and I, I said to him when I first saw him channel, I, I couldn't, the frequency was too loud, too obnoxious. I'm like, oh, I can't listen to that. And people saying, listen to what he says. And I said, yeah, yeah, he's kind of saying the same thing as Abraham and Seth and all those teachers, but I couldn't listen to it. And then I saw a, a an interview with Daryl as Daryl and I related to the human. And as soon as I related to the human aspect of him, I could easily listen to Bashar. It was, ah, it was interesting. Yeah. yeah, it was interesting. Um, but have you, I always thought, I always knew, let me say this, I always knew that Jesus was an alien. <laughs> you know, a higher conscious being that had incarnated into earth to teach humans about their powers of, um, you know, about who they are and, you know, had come from different dimensions. And I didn't exactly know who that was or how that worked until I spoke to Samuel Chong. Have you heard of Samuel Chong, who is? You know, I've heard of him, but I'm not familiar with his work. So, so please, yeah, help connect well, the dots on this. It's interesting that it's not his work, but he was called to continue the work. So there was this uh, French-Australian guy called Michel de Marquet. He came from France and he settled near Cairns <laughs> and he had a, uh, a nursery for many years. And he was taken by these nine-foot-tall hermaphroditic ETs to their planet um, pronounced Tayuba or Thayuba. I don't know how to okay, say it, yeah. but, and they showed him around their planet. They, they gave him the history of earth. They showed him who Jesus was. They showed him the body of Jesus that they had um, manifested. Mm -hmm. And they gave him this huge story. They said, go back and write it in a book and tell humanity about it. So this is in the late eighties. And he did what he was told to do. And in the 90s, he, you know, diligently tried to spread the message. And he was so ridiculed <laughs> that eventually he ended up, you know, he got divorced and ended up in Vietnam, married to a Vietnamese woman and became reclusive and didn't want to talk to anyone ever again because he had had so much ridicule saying that this was his true story. And people were like, you nuts, you crazy. And Samuel read the book and found him. And uh, and became friends with him and talked to him and went to see him in Vietnam. In fact, he did not know where he lived. He just knew what island he was on. So he, a very um, frugal young man, let me say that frugals being kind, bought a plane ticket and went to Vietnam to find someone he didn't know where he lived, but he found him. And again, oh, Michelle. Wow. Michelle used to shoo people away because he was over it. Like he was just... But he he showed he chewed Samuel away, but eventually he let him in, and they became friends. and And uh, Michelle transitioned in two thousand and eighteen, and Samuel's taken up the mantle to spread the message of the books. And uh, I'd be I'd love you to read the books, and I'd love to get your 
Oh, oh gosh, I, I have to now. Yes. <laughs> I will definitely add that to my reading list. Because the story is that Yeshua, and, and okay, before I get into the story, I want to ask you this question. What is your relationship with the one known as Jesus Yeshua that played out that biblical story that we all know so well? Did hmm. you have any insights into that? Well, good question. You know, in his time on earth, Saint Sri Kaleshwar, the, the Indian saint who revealed these practices, he accessed past life memories with Jesus. And it was a result of their past life karma and commitment to each other that when the time was right, the practices would be revealed again and delivered to the world. And so, you know, St. Sri Kaleshwar talks about how his students, people who go to his ashram, people who go down the quote unquote divine lineage path, you know, all had some sort of connection with Jesus, some sort of connection with that, that group, you know, some sort of connection with the Essenes, the disciples, you know, the, the people who were, you know, part of his circle at the time. So, um, so yeah, it, it makes sense to me that given, you know, what I'm doing now and given this connection with St. Sri Kleshwar and going to India um, multiple times this year and, and having this, you know, kind of strong calling you know to go to india like i like there's there's part of me there that i need to connect with and um yeah it makes sense that there'd be some connection there that's driving this and and i too have felt like yeah jesus was a starseed <laughs> you know like clearly all of the masters who have come to earth were starseeds like they were they were souls who've already done this they've already done the third dimensional experience they've already mastered it they've moved on they've had all these other experiences and then they just came back to help you know it makes sense <laughs> yeah it does make sense i mean if you think about it in in who's teaching us like if you're in kindergarten you don't have one of the kindergartners teach the kindergarten class you have someone that's moved through you know, kindergarten yeah. and school and university and they've, and then they come to teach. Uh, yeah. And, and so, <laughs> yeah, same with the masters. They've moved through uh, different, yeah. different experiences and they've mastered it. And then they come back and say, let me show you how to do this. Exactly. <laughs> so you don't, they don't suffer so much. <laughs> exactly. And it also makes sense that in like our dark ages, you know, like we're just now coming out of our dark ages, you know, the master's, couldn't really reveal what they knew about their souls you know they couldn't they couldn't say hey i just came from this et civilization do you want to learn about it <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe they did i don't know because like <laughs> yeah well, we don't know <laughs> you know with the ssa first nation people they seem to be okay with it that they came yeah. like the australian um, I, I spoke to, oh, what's his name? Stephen Strong, who said to me, don't call them Aboriginals. And I'm like, why? Because we always call our Indigenous Aboriginals. Everyone does. And he said that ab means not and original. It's like not the original. Oh, so it's oh, an English, yeah. it's like to say they're not the original people. And that he said, I call them the original people or the First mm. Nation people or the yeah. Indigenous. And I was like, wow, isn't that interesting? But yeah, so they talk happily about the Pallades. Even you, if you go into the Red Centre, you know, they're painting the Pallades and talking about the star people. They're happy to talk about it. But 
somewhere along our history, it became not okay to talk about aliens. <laughs> and yeah. probably in the last hundred years, there was like a deliberate campaign that if you did, you've got to be locked up. Yeah. 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 yeah which is partially why I'm doing what I'm doing now. It's like once right. I got clear on, like once I got clear on that I have this ET connection, that I've I've done those lives, you know, before and all of that. And I'm this leader who's always walked my talk, you know, that's been important to me to be a leader of integrity. I could only be a leader of integrity if I did this. You know, like if I just held it all inside and or just denied it or didn't didn't share it when all of these other people are sharing openly and, you know, willing to face what they need to face to just be able to live in their truth. Like I needed to be able to do that and support other people in that and 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 just add add to the list of people who are raising their hand saying, hey, I've experienced something different. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. You know, you're talking about Jesus going to India and this, these lost scripts coming out that he was there. And uh, there's so many stories like this. You know, the the story that we've been given about Jesus is he stayed where he was and he taught and then they crucified him and so on. And then there are stories of, like Samuel points out, that there is a grave a site for Jesus in Japan and they celebrate oh. every year and, and you can put it into a search engine and you'll find it. They celebrate every year his birthday, his death day at this um, at this ancient shrine in Japan and so many stories about him moving through Europe and moving through India. And so in the book, The Taiba Prophecy, it said that there were two Jesuses. There was the one born to Mary, whose DNA was tweaked by the overarching, overseeing ET, might have been the Mantids, who knows, tweaked his DNA so that he could have his abilities more online to be in connection with his soul family, star family, and not be un so much under the river of oblivion, they call it in the book, or the veil of forgetfulness. And he was the one that travelled the world learning and teaching and um, died at a very old age in Japan at 90. And then there was the one that was completely, his body was completely manufactured by these masters who come from a ninth category planet. I, I, it's not density, it's category. Uh, it works differently. Okay. Who have complete dominion, control, mastery over manifestation. And they created a body they said they had to create the body for him to be able to, at that time, so we're talking a couple of thousand years ago, do the miracles that he did. Uh, uh, something interesting. something that they, on their planet, it's kind of normal to them, walking on water, levitating, yeah. all this sort of stuff, manifesting yeah. instantly. It's normal for them. Yeah. But uh, for humans, it wasn't. But he, even the tweaked body of the first Jesus wasn't, didn't have that ability to perform those acts because it needed to be upgraded more. It might have been because of the times. I don't know. I'll have to reread the book. Interesting. So this, this was the one who came out of the desert, so to speak, at the age of 30 and started his ministry. And he was the one that was crucified uh, on the cross. And, uh, and they have his body 
in stasis they took his body and he yeah so he was the one that understood there's no such thing as death and he could in instantly heal himself at will and oh wow wow i this is so fascinating i definitely need to read read these stories and learn more when you find this information out all the arguments about where jesus was and who he was and did he get married to mary and did he have children like there's all these people arguing about who he was it kind of makes sense that yeah like all of it happened all of it happened but it was a couple of different jesus's so to speak yeah. There's also some, there's, there's also like the Mandela effect. Have you heard of the Mandela yeah. effect? Time yeah. Lines. It yeah. makes you think about that too. You know, that like our ability to like really piece together history in like the most accurate way, maybe is not actually possible sometimes because of these timeline shifts that happen. Right. And maybe, yeah, maybe there's like these like different versions of the story because of that too and, absolutely uh, yeah. yeah it's 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 all fascinating <laughs> you know it's all fascinating to think about it um i should share it just you know for your audience this is like a uh one of those kind of you know mind-blowing you know things you talked about at least you know someone you know someone named jesus was able to do um these really miraculous things and you know, that defy the laws of nature as we know them. And, um, and in this lineage that, you know, Sri Kaleshwar um, brought forth and in these practices, you know, one can, one can find themselves gaining those abilities. And, and, you know, there, there are, you know, these mantra systems for, for turning on, you know, those abilities. And, and in his lifetime, St. Sri Kaleshwar, who, you know, I think it's it's documented in a lot of um, information about him and a lot of his, you know, senior students know him very well. You know, it appears as though he, he was, you know, one of the highest level like avatars, you know, who could come to earth just like Jesus because he was able to demonstrate some of those same miracles. And there's a lot of a lot of that documented and people who can can speak to those and um and i think it's just kind of cool like that that's an understatement you know it's it's important to to know that that's happened in modern times you know we we hear about that have you know having happened two thousand years ago with jesus but but we've got you know a real examples of that happening you know more recently and so um you know Sri Kleshwar talked about how his job was to create masters and you know for for these souls who are ready you know to go to those next levels and you know carry carry that into you know the new earth like this is this is the time and 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 that technology does exist on earth you know whether it's ET you know, aided or not, <laughs> um, you know, we've, we've got the technology. I see that he comes from the Shirdi Sai Baba lineage, and, but you don't mention Sai Baba, just Shirdi, who was the past incarnation of the Sai Baba, who was here in mm. our times. You know, there's this beautiful singer. Do you know um, Larissa Stowe? Yeah, yeah. So years ago, a girlfriend introduced me to her when we were traveling through the States and I went and stayed with her and her daughter, who's funny, she's almost an adult now, young adult, teenager, uh, was a little baby, a little toddler. And she had um, 
she had seen Sai Baba and she had pointed to him and said, Shirdi, Shirdi, Shirdi. So this little toddler had recognized oh, wow. Sai Baba as the reincarnation of Shirdi Sai Baba. And when she saw a photograph of Shirdi Sai Baba, she was like all ecstatic. It's funny, oh, wow. as, a, as a young girl now, she doesn't remember that. But mm. we were staying with her when Larissa was telling us that, that she had this memory. Uh, but yeah, so Sai Baba, when I was running a, a group here called the Academy of Light, the people that started it were big Sai Baba devotees. Oh, they okay. said, got to go over and see him, but he was very old and sick at that stage. Okay. Uh, but he was doing all those manifesting, the booty and jewellery, and I have friends that hold on to jewellery and stuff that said that was manifesting. Uh, Another Indian guru, I think it's so interesting that a lot of the masters come to places like India because there's so many people in India. And India is so chaotic. Oh, oh my gosh, they're really so, yeah, it's so it. big, <laughs> so big. There's another uh, teacher called Ama, who's a man, but he says he holds the feminine energy in a, in a male form. So he calls himself Ama. And he does all that sort of manifesting jewelry and stuff for you as mm -hmm. well. Like, just sort of like, here you go, wear this. <laughs> so, yeah, people are yeah. doing it. Yeah. yeah, it's possible. It's possible. possible. <laughs> but let me ask you that you said that Kaleshwa transitioned in 2012. How old was he? He looked quite young. Yeah, I think he was only 39 um, right. at the time. Yeah, he was very young. And did yeah. he say why he didn't stay longer? He had completed his mission. He you know, I think he. His mission. Yeah, he he had a big mission, you know, to to document and and share as as many of these mantra systems and practices as possible. And yeah, I think he was he completed that, and so then he took off. Yeah, fair enough. Did he yeah. say that he would come back, or did he say where he was going, or where he came from? Or good question. I don't know. Uh, you know, I'll. I'll ask that of some people that I have on the Supernatural Souls podcast, because that podcast is all about the divine lineage. And, and there are so many students who studied with him when he was alive and have these amazing stories um, of being with him and, and his teachings. So, so part of the intention of that podcast is to just share those stories um, so folks can find the lineage and, and learn more about him. So that's a good question, because there's a lot there's a lot about him I don't know. So I'm excited to, to learn more. Yeah. So you're going back to India soon? I am. Yeah. I have a trip booked in October. Yeah. Ah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be going to Shirdi, to Shirdi Sai Baba's Samadhi. So Shirdi Sai Baba was Sri Kaleshwar's master okay. and, and guided him. And, um, and that's a fun story. Like Sri Kaleshwar was a, a teenager, I think, when Shirdi Sai Baba came to him in from spirit. spirit. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. I'm going to say he had already transitioned by yeah. that stage. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, came to yeah. him from spirit. Interesting that he appeared yeah. as Shirdi and not as Sai Baba. Maybe Sai Baba was still in form at that stage. Interesting. I'm not sure, yeah. yeah. Came to him in spirit. And what did he say to him? There's this whole story about um, him showing up and saying, you know, I'm, I'm your master and I want to guide you. And as a young boy, Sri Kleshwar was kind of like, why are you here? <laughs> you know, like, leave me alone, um, but, but started to follow the guidance and it took him down this path of becoming a Swami, becoming a guru. And, and he just followed Shirdi Sai Baba's guidance the whole way. And, and Shirdi Sai Baba 
you know, produced a miracle for him to, to show him, you know, that he was being led by, you know, this master in spirit. And um, yeah, there's so much more to the story, but it's, it's, it's really cool to think about that, that this, you know, this young boy was saying yes, you know, to following this guidance and, um, and he had already, you know, at a young age been demonstrating, you know, some supernatural abilities, but then, you know, I think Shirdi Sai Baba was able to help him, you know, go farther down that path and, and activate them all. What I've noticed in India is that when, well, we do it in the West too, don't we? But when somebody comes out as some advanced being, they, with the, you know, they pop them on the pedestal and they guruize them, you know, and, and then all the, they give all the power to the guru even though the guru is saying the power is with you, yes, yes, master, you, <laughs> I think, you know, make them these gods. But just as I said that, I'm thinking we do that with our rock stars, you know, our pop stars and our actors. And oh, our, yeah. you know, we, it's so we, easy for humans to give their power over to other people, right? <laughs> I, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. One thing I love about, you know, St. Sri Kaleshwar and, uh, and I think, you know, this is why I've been guided, you know, to him as my guru is because he's, he really was like, I don't, I don't want to be on a pedestal. I don't want to be that person. I just want, I just want you guys to learn the knowledge and the practices. And I want you guys to become masters. And, um, and I think for anyone who, who looks into him and, you know, maybe gets connected to the lineage, you'll, you'll find there is something different about him. And, and there's, there's this camaraderie, you know, between him and his students and, um, yeah, it just it feels different. Has he come to you in spirit? Like, mm-hmm. has he been a part of your downloads or? Good question. You know, I, I had you know connected with his information, and as soon as I saw a photo of him, I I had this strong knowing, this strong feeling, like I know you, I know this person, and and then I started getting guided to India, but it was this, it was this subtle guidance. And I started suspecting, you know, that he was, he was guiding me, but it was very subtle. And it was like, I was having to, to take the the steps myself and, you know, connect the dots myself on, on getting there and, and why I needed to be there. And as soon as I got there, I, I went to his ashram in April and I didn't actually realize this at the time <laughs> until I got there, but I went on Easter weekend and I was there alone for Easter weekend, coincidentally. And I you know, spent all of this meditation time in the Shirdi Sai Baba temple. There's a Shirdi Sai Baba temple on the property and then at Sri Kaleshwar's Samadhi. So his, his you know, bones are buried there and and for you know someone who's reached these like really high levels of divine energies and supernatural energies their bones are still like conductors of that that's why people you know pilgrimage to all these you know um, places where saints are and so you know i'm i'm having this meditation um at his samadhi and he started talking to me yeah yeah, I, I that was. What did he I say? Won't, I won't. I won't share the details of that because it's oh. it's 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 personal and it's it's something I'm still processing. Um, but it 
it was this, yeah, incredible moment of just validation of why I was there and that I was being guided to go, you know, as, as far as I could, you know, with these, these practices in this path and, and it validated that, yeah, I, I have known him, you know, like, yeah, our souls are connected and, and then there is a reason for this in this lifetime. And so, so, so since then, you know, I've definitely felt a stronger connection. Like that felt like the, the really like solidifying, I guess, of our, our connection in this life and, and his ability to guide me um, from spirit now. So, so yeah, you know, when someone connects with these powerful souls, you can start to receive direct messages from them. Oh, beautiful. What about your uh, galactic guides like the Manted? Yeah. What is what is their message to you? Have they have they given you any instruction? Like we we would like you to do this, or have they just are they just there gently guiding you as you come up with ideas? What about I do this? I start a podcast show. I do that. I do that. Yeah. And they go, yep, yep. It's a little bit of both, you know. Mm -hmm. I think there there have been times, um, like in the first regression, I was guided to do this with Star Family Wisdom, and I was guided to start a modern day mystery school that was, you know, integrating the ET side of things. And so, so that was pretty direct guidance I got, you know. And 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 then when it was time to leave Whole Foods just like that australia trip where i'm asking is it time and i gotten you know this very clear no you need to stay and by the way the pandemic you know started right after that so i did need to stay they were right um you know when the time came to leave whole foods yeah. i was told to go i was told it was time and and so i did and and then there have been other times where it's been direct there was a time last year where our sacred geometry instructor, Nadi, she's also a crop circle enthusiast. So she was giving a couple of us a crop circle presentation. So we're just staring at these crop circles for, you know, like an hour, which facilitates contact really easily if you want it. And that night I had a dream where they came to me and they told me to watch Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, the movie. Mm -hmm. And if you remember that movie, it's about a young girl on the path of mastery and becoming a master and moving to the desert. I moved to the desert in Sedona, Arizona. And, and so I got guided to watch this movie to help me connect the dots on the next steps of my, my journey. So there have been these moments of very clear messages. And then there are times where... I just sit at the computer and it just channels through me. So it's a, it's not like, you know, Daryl Inca's style of channeling, although I've done a little bit of that in regression, you know, states, yeah. mm -hmm. um, or they, they've done it, <laughs> they've taken over. Um, so, you know, sometimes it just, it's very integrated. It, it just, it's a, it's like this, you know, integration between my higher self, them, um, and it just, it just flows through me, you know, and what I'm creating and what I'm working on. Um, and there are times where there, there might be these, these big ideas or, or 
moments of channeling that are happening, but then my my human mind, my logical you know side of me starts to question it. Mm-hmm. And then maybe I'll get some guidance that, you know, tells me, no, you do need to do that. <laughs> so, so it's, it's been a little bit of both. And, you know, I think too, for folks who are interested in that or want that sort of contact and that guidance, you know, it's become clear to me that, you know, I have had to take all of the right steps myself. I have had to be willing to engage in my healing, be willing to face my fears, be willing to take those next steps myself. Like they're not going to do that for me, you know, but when I hit these like forks in the road or these milestone moments, then, you know, either they might come through unannounced, you know, or or unsolicited, or sometimes I might say, okay, I need some help here, you know, discerning, you know, which way to go. And, um, and then that help is there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I was going to ask you a question about the younger generation, because I think you attract the younger generation because you're of the younger generation compared <laughs> to my generation. Uh, what do you think they're needing? But I think you've just answered it. They're needing to overcome fear fear of moving forward not only the fear of um listening and connecting to their starseed lineage but the fears that they carry the fears that they carry from their dna lineage as well yeah yeah Mm. i talk a lot about that that like we're we're here to become the new human you know we're And, and and in this transition of eras you know we're we're cleaning up all the karma from this last era. So when we transition eras, like it's, it's just a cleanup job, you know, we're, we're completing everything we need to complete. And, and yeah, we've got to reprogram ourselves from that limiting, you know, lack based fear based, you know, paradigm we've been in to what's possible and to a more divine, you know, experience. And, and I think, yeah, a lot of, you know, the younger generation, the third wave, you know, of volunteers, the star seeds, the light workers on this planet, like that's our mission. You know, our, our mission is like not to fight what's going on. It's not to, um, we're not going to change everything, you know, that's going on. Like some of that's going to have to just break down, you know, to change, but we're here to focus on our healing, to focus on sharing the wisdom, to focus on being wisdom keepers, you know, mm-hmm. so that as we transition this era, you know, we're, we're arriving in a higher place on the other side. Yeah, beautiful. It's funny that you mentioned the third wave. I had a chat with uh, Brian Rue yesterday for his show and Beyond Being Human, and he loves Susie Hansen. And so I was giving Susie Hansen's um, download that she received from the Greys when she was a kid of the third wave of volunteers, which is a little different to Dolores Cannon's third wave. I think it's a bit like Chinese whispers. You put a you put a idea out there, and, and everyone sort of has their interpretation. Uh, of it yeah. Little... <laughs> but yeah, and Susie talks about the third wavers as the initiators. Now, what did Brian call them? Ah. Uh, they're um, they're not necessarily the healers and the indigos and they're the beings that are kind of below 50 in that they move into systems and they become doctors and lawyers and government in, in government and become part of systems, education system, government systems, all sorts of systems. And they're not 
into their personal growth or doing yoga or meditating so much, you would say that they were totally asleep and they're not really interested in it, but they're higher conscious beings. And then when the shift hits the fan, my words, as it has been happening in the last few years, they just wake up to knowing exactly why they're in that system and they see ways to transform the system yeah. from that inside out. That's the what Susie had called the third wave as uh, that makes and, sense. That's similar the, to my experience at Whole Foods. Yeah. You know, there were there were a lot of years, you know, like I was not a, an awake person, but I was operating in a higher consciousness way and yeah, and I was exactly. able to affect, you know, big change in change. the organization. Yeah. Yeah, the food systems, one of the most polluted systems on this planet. I mean, there's yeah. a documentary series on Netflix called Rotten that goes it's like a six part it goes through all the food systems and it's just crazy what goes on with our food i mean I whoa know. that's yeah. why we want to shop at stores that are transparent and have right. standards <laughs> right yeah oh my gosh exactly yeah, all the systems are up for review there's a lot of work to do darling and you're doing an amazing there's job there's a lot Yes, <laughs> we're all doing a good job. We're all doing good. <laughs> and, you know, as I talked to you, I knew that, you know, like it's only it's so recent, like you talk about 20, like last year, 2020, it's like just around the corner. It's so recent for you, this, um, yeah. yeah, this awakening. And uh, yeah, I, I feel like your your initiative, the Star Family Wisdom will become really big. So for people that are watching this, go over and share some love on um, Jenna's YouTube channels. Have you got it on other platforms as well? Yeah, we're on Instagram and um, what else? TikTok. You can find us there. We also just launched um, apparel and merchandise. So for star seeds who are wanting to 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 sport their star seedness sacred <laughs> geometry i saw that yeah we've, yeah we've got all all sorts of cool um but have shirts you got, and stuff. are they on any other sort of video platforms have you got it on other platforms we, we were on conscious awakening network for a bit i'm not sure if some of our videos are still there um i've been on portal to ascension a number of times you can find um some talks there as well and um and then meditation conversation podcast by Kara Goodwin you can find um, some content with me there and we actually host her 21 day meditation immersion course too with star family wisdom beautiful beautiful well it's been absolutely fascinating honeywan to hear your story I just was riveted I loved it and you shared it so well it's just been beautiful to have you on the show thank you so much oh thank on. you and thank you to your audience and everyone who's doing this work. Like it's so, so important. We're doing a good job. <laughs> what a beautiful conversation with Jenna. Love her. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know much about Jenna. I'd seen her a couple of times. She had done some stuff with Michael Nays Beyond Being Human. And I'd seen her through Sheila and the Conscious Awakening Network. I think she'd even spoken on Cosmic Conversations. But I felt, I felt like I needed to connect with her and reach out. And I didn't realize that her awakening and all this stuff was so recent. Oh, yeah. So that I was amazed to hear her story and how recent it all is and um, who she's working with. And yeah, it was great to connect. It was wonderful to connect and talk about that ancient lineage, the Indian lineage. And yeah, fascinating how it all dovetails, isn't it? For 
decades, millennia, thousands, hundreds of thousands of years, our star family have been overseeing the evolution of consciousness and the DNA of this world. I don't even know if it's the evolution because I think that we have to be pretty masterful beings to take on a human experience, knowing the level of oblivion that we will experience while incarnated. But we have these masterful oversouls, teachers that are guiding us as we <laughs> fall around on this planet, getting caught up with the hatred and resentment. And, you know, we forget who we are as spiritual, infinitely creative extensions of the source. Yeah. So it's a pretty masterful soul who comes to this, what we call kindergarten or, or level one, category one environment. We have to, uh, it's not easy. <laughs> it's, it's not easy. It's, you've got to be quite masterful to, to be here, I think, but we have these, we have these beings that have mastered this environment that are, you know, guiding us as we, as we attempt to master this environment and what it is to be human, what it is to be human. Yeah, it was fascinating hearing about her connection with the mantids because um, Brian and I were just talking about that on his show uh, that we did for Michael's Beyond Being Human and also for his BitChute show. I don't even know the name of his show. What does he call his show on BitChute? Have I got it up? No, I haven't got it up. But that was a great conversation I had with Brian this week, which I've also uploaded on my channel if you want to go and see us uh, having a yak having a talk he was interviewing me but you know like I like to talk to everybody so I like to hear what he has to say I'll get him I'll get him on the show to talk more about his experiences and I put all his links and the beyond being human links under the show on YouTube if you want to check that out and support his show as well beautiful so this weekend I've said on a couple of podcasts um we have Don Hudnall in the Inner Sanctum. Don is an amazing being here on planet Earth doing incredible things. He's going to share some of his stories. So if you want to join us in the Inner Sanctum, please do so. Just go to karenswain.com slash Inner Sanctum, pop your email in there, and you'll receive the emails with the Zoom links if you want to meet the tribe and meet the different speakers that I have uh, each month. I invite one guest teacher a month to come and share their story. Uh, I feel like I should do it more, but I used to do it. I used to do it more. I used to do two a month, um, but it is on my weekends, my Sundays, which is a Sunday afternoon for you guys. And it's kind of nice to free up a couple of weekends. <laughs> I'm actually going away the day before and driving back. So it'll be a five hour drive the day before to go and celebrate somebody's 50th birthday. <laughs> People are staying the night, but because I've got the group, I'm driving back the same day. So yeah, that's what happens. So come and support us. I put them out free or by donation, so there's no obligation that you're happy to, I'm happy for you to join and meet other people and, you know, get connected, get connected and hear people's stories. And I always put on a group, a little chat group, catch-up group at the first weekend of the month. So join us in the Inner Sanctum. And thanks again for listening and watching and subscribing and sharing the shows. And, uh, yeah. I'll catch you next time. Remember to check out the book, Awakened by Death, if you haven't already. And I'll see you soon. Bye for now.